Hey everyone, have you ever laughed out loud in public because someone tripped or because they were taking a selfie and fell off a cliff? Sometimes it's helpful to have a book in hand so you can pretend that's what you were giggling at. Today I'm listing off the top 10 funniest books that I've ever read so far. And this is The Book Pile, a comedy podcast about the best of books and the worst of books. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and by the way, don't worry about the made-up person in my cliff joke. They're fine. They fell into a hotel pool. As usual, my co-host David Vance is off for the week, but he'll be back next week when we cover the book The Office, the untold story of the greatest sitcom of the 2000s, An Oral History. That's the full title, not just a long, specific opinion of mine, though I do agree with it. By the way, it's a fantastic listen on Audible, especially if you're a fan of that show, if you want to check it out before the episode airs. And if you're a fan of this show, feel free to leave us a review, a recent five-star review from a listener calling themselves Hitchhiking to 4X says, quote, this podcast is my favorite except for nothing, all caps. This is the best one period, end quote. This must be a longtime listener because they know that this is the only kind of review that I can accept without doubting my worth. So thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Hitchhiker. And a big thanks to everyone who has joined the Patreon so far. It's been super fun seeing the community grow with the Patreon. You get weekly bonus episodes of The Book Pile with me and Dave posting them every Thursday as well as uh, lots of other delightful perks. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast in a fun way that also benefits you, because that's how we humans work, consider clicking the link to our Patreon, which is immediately available in the description of this episode, or if you go to uh, the patreon.com slash the book pile. Now, finally, real quick, before I get to today's real content, if you want to see me live, I'll be in Pleasanton, California, October 13th. And then I'll be shooting another comedy special with Dry Bar that'll be in Provo, Utah, October 14th. Two shows. Those will both sell out. And of course, Des Moines, Iowa. I'm heading there December 9th through the 10th. Go to KellenErskine.com for all those tickets. Now, as always, here's that disclaimer that I really do hate ranking things as a form of analyzing quality, especially in the arts and extra especially when it comes to something as subjective as comedy. So I simply use this structure as a hopefully compelling device for conversation, and I do dread any of these authors hearing about what I'm doing and then seeing where I've determined that they fit in the totem pole. Uh, I remember in the early 2000s, Comedy Central had a miniseries where they ranked the greatest 100 stand-up comedians of all time, and they started at the end and made their way toward number one. So Gallagher was up first at number 100, and he <laughs> he was so mad when he found out about it. That being said, the number one book that I have on the list today is the comedic book that I reread the most. And for sure, this list of funny books will continue to evolve as I discover new books or rediscover old ones. I bet I could do a new list every year and eight of these 10 would be different. As I've said, I've read a lot of books, but I haven't read most of them. Also, if any of these books end up sounding fun enough for you to read or listen to, I've included Amazon links to all of them in the episode description to this podcast. You'll find they're available in hardback, paperback, Kindle, and free on Audible if it's your first time. And now, without further ado, here are the top 10 books that make me laugh. 
Number 10, The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde. I do love all the books on this list, but I figured this one belonged on the bottom because of some of the crimes that Wilde was accused of. Uh, this is technically the only play on this list, and it's <laughs> it's funny that it's even available as a book. I guess more plays should use that marketing tactic. I know that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child tried this cash grab that for sure disappointed millions of fans when they opened the book and the first line was something like, Wizard enters room. No, but I enjoyed this book for all the reasons I mentioned on the episode that we did on this book. We didn't cover all the books that I'll be mentioning today, but this one is episode number 129. This book, the script is witty, silly, clever, and, and it commits to the bit. And so much of it holds up, as Dave pointed out, despite it's being over 100 years old. Uh, here are a couple of my favorite quotes from it. To be natural is such a difficult pose to keep up. And another one from the character Lady Bracknell, she says, 35 is a very attractive age. London society is full of women of the very highest birth who have, of their own free choice, remained 35 for years. All right, coming in at number nine, The Starlings by Dave Vance, Johnny Vance, and company. So this is Dave, uh, my co-host. His uh, graphic novel, me and my kids laugh out loud reading it. It's an adventure story about a little girl who gets picked up by two anthropomorphic characters who turn her bed into a rocket ship and they go about fighting crime across the galaxy, or at least fighting what they're paid to fight. It's fun, it's funny, and it's got a little robot that insults everyone, so pretty much checks all the boxes. So check it out. They had an extremely successful Kickstarter campaign. I don't know where it's currently available, but if you're interested, just Google the Starlings Adventure Box. Number eight, Real Ponies Don't Go Oink by Patrick F. McManus. Uh, he was a, a humor columnist, if you haven't heard of him. Uh, if you don't know what a columnist is, that was back when words were printed on giant pieces of paper that we would purchase by the wad for a quarter in a machine in front of the grocery store, or you could pay a little extra to have it thrown at your house every morning. Uh, his writing, it isn't necessarily as tight or consistently funny as like a Dave Barry or a Jack Handy, but it's a unique genre in that I haven't seen anyone else write so prolifically in, which is outdoorsy humor. Uh, I was first introduced to his stories on a Boy Scout camping trip as a kid, and I, I think I still read them with that mindset, like as a kid. He has a very cartoonish way of writing. It's just fun. He tells stories that are inspired by growing up in the mountains of Idaho, uh, much like Dave, actually, except for the mountains. One time, I brought him up in conversation with an uncle of mine who actually grew up camping, fishing, hunting, and he said, what I love about McManus is how you can relate to all his stories. And that was when I realized like how good of a writer McManus is because I grew up basically in a suburb, never hunted anything in my life, never chased anything for food, unless you count like a bagel that I dropped on the kitchen floor. But I still thought that he was funny, even though it wasn't completely relatable, but he still has a way of making it feel relatable, like in the way that Seinfeld does it. Like I hadn't been on a subway till I was 34, but my whole life I've been laughing at Seinfeld's subway jokes. Like seriously, isn't it crazy how this happens to all of us? And I'm not going to analyze this any further, but I do think that it has something to do with the idea that when we hear a really good joke, I think all of us want to be on the right side of it. Anyway, bringing us to number seven, Misfit, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s, 
by Gary Goleman. This book actually just came out uh, a few days ago. Gary Goleman is one of the greatest stand-ups working today. And admittedly, I'm only a third of the way through this book, but it already makes the list. The book is a memoir. It's Gary Goleman telling the story of his life in stunning detail. It's funny. It's heart-wrenching. And it is full of that Goleman-style use of deliberately chosen and placed words. And it all starts right out of the gate in the introduction of the book with, quote, Some people skip the intro. I don't trust them. It makes me wonder where else they cut corners, where else they're phoning it in, what other flim-flammery they're perpetrating. So... So unless this book takes a really unexpected dive in the second half, I highly recommend it. And also his most recent hour special, The Great Depression. Coming in at number six, Dave Barry is from Mars and Venus by Dave Barry. Wouldn't that be funny if it was by like Carl Sagan? By the way, this title was a lot more funny at its time. It's a topical reference about a trendy book in the 90s. And honestly, a lot of his articles are are going to be a lot more funny uh, if you are around in the 80s or 90s. Uh, he tends to make frequent references to stuff like those Buy Menin commercials or Ronald Reagan. And by the way, I'm just mentioning this title of one of his many books, which are collections of articles that he wrote during his time as a columnist for the Miami Herald. Uh, just like Patrick F. McManus, it would be hard to choose like a best book because each book is just full of dozens of separate funny articles or essays. So if anything, I just close your eyes and choose a book by either of them in my mind. You can't go wrong, except for their novels. You can skip those. I will say that Patrick F. McManus's stories are almost like a funny warm blanket for me because they personally take me back to when I would laugh at them as a kid, while uh, Dave... Barry's articles are slightly edgier at times with more consistent punchlines, but both authors do exaggerate constantly and it's delightful. One of my favorite examples is when Dave Barry is describing what it's like to open a bottle of aspirin. It's in an article titled How to Cure the Drug Problem. He says, now aspirin bottles defend themselves against consumer access via a multi-level security system. One, there's a plastic wrapper to keep you from getting at the cap. Two, the cap, which is patented by the Rubik's Cube company, cannot be removed unless you line an invisible arrow up with an invisible dot while rotating the cap counterclockwise and simultaneously pushing down and pulling up. Three, in the unlikely event that you get the cap off, the top of the bottle is blocked by a taut piece of extremely feisty foil made from the same impenetrable material used to protect the space shuttle during atmospheric re-entry. Four, underneath the foil is a virtually unremovable wad of cotton the size of a small sheep. And five, as a final precaution, there is no actual aspirin underneath the cotton. There is only a piece of paper listing dangerous side effects. <laughs> All right, number five. Transformers, the novelization of the movie by Alan Dean Foster. I've brought up his book so much. I know at this point I'm beating a dead horse. Or as Foster would say, I'm caputing a cadaverous equine. If you've listened to our episode uh, when we roasted this book, episode 124, you know that this wasn't supposed to be a comedic novel, but it made me laugh in a way that no serious book ever has. All right, number four, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. I just think that not only is Tina Fey's writing witty, but her real-life story is also compelling, and the wisdom she shares is useful. Some of my favorite quotes from her book, 
To say I'm an overrated troll when you have never seen me guard a bridge is patently unfair. Whatever the problem, be part of the solution. Don't just sit around raising questions and pointing out obstacles. We've all worked with that person. That person is a drag. If you retain nothing else, always remember the most important rule of beauty, who cares? And the last one, some people say, never let them see you cry. I say, if you're so mad you could just cry, then cry. It terrifies everyone. All right, coming in at number three, Creativity, A Short and Cheerful Guide by John Cleese. So when new writers ask for recommendations for books on writing and when I have enough time to talk to those nerds, I always recommend, uh, one, The Elements of Style for Grammar, two, On Writing by Stephen King for description and clarity, three, Transformers for What Not to Do, and four, this book, Creativity, A Short and Cheerful Guide. And by the way, this book doesn't just apply to writers. He applies it to everybody. As he mentions in the book, everyone from parents to accountants benefit from providing more creative solutions because he defines creativity as, quote, a new way of thinking about things. It's a quick read, and I've reread it every single year since it came out. It came out two years ago. In just 100 pages, though, it's a master class in a pamphlet. He covers everything from creative spaces to writer's block, and he is funny every step of the way. Uh, I do recommend the Audible version where you get to hear a book being read to you by the guy who was the French guard, the Black Knight, Sir Lancelot the Brave, and so many other people in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Here are some of my favorite quotes from this book. The greatest killer of creativity is interruption. When you're in creative mode, there is no such thing as a mistake. You can't know if you've made a wrong turn unless you take it. And finally, it is important that when you first have an idea that you don't get critical too soon. New ideas are like little creatures. They're easily strangled. All right, number two. Is This Anything? by Jerry Seinfeld. In this book, uh, Seinfeld lays out his best ideas for jokes, some of which were in his set, some of which never made it into his permanent act. And it's all laid out chronologically, sectioned off by decades, 70s, 80s, 90s. Not sure why I'm explaining what decades are. For me, uh, Seinfeld has always been the comic standard to follow as far as word economy. Boy, does he get to the point. This book is uh, its like a joke book, but not like a knock-knock joke book that you get from the library as a kid. It's more like... It's more like a joke book written by the first comedian worth a billion dollars. Anyway, we'll be quoting this book a lot more when we cover it on a future episode. But for now, music aside, here are some of my favorite lines from it. Do the horses know that they're racing each other? I don't always need a shower. Just the break. <laughs> and dry clean only is the only warning label that we all take seriously. All right, we've arrived at number one, The Stench of Honolulu by Jack Handy. So Dave introduced me to this book, and I finally forgave him for making me read Good Economics for Hard Times. I've been a fan of Jack Handy and his New Yorker articles ever since Phil Hartman read his deep thoughts on SNL when I was a kid, but I never knew that he wrote a novel. It's wild. It's really its own genre. I don't know how to classify this book. 
It's an adventure story about a guy who goes to Hawaii with a friend. It's completely ridiculous, and it's the funniest novel I've ever read. No exaggeration. Every single sentence is either a punchline or a setup to a punchline. And I'll read you some of the best ones in a second. Quick warning, though. If you're not into Jack Handy's sense of humor, you will not like this book, as is evidenced by its only getting three stars on Goodreads. But I have to imagine that that three-star average is comprised of two very separate groups of people. Like one group knows Jack Handy, and they've loved him. Five stars from all of them. And then the other side is just a bunch of one-star people who, I don't know, thought they were opening an actual adventure novel and then just getting hit with lines like, I had dreams once. Once I wanted to build the world's longest suspension bridge, but then I found out somebody else had already done it. Like, if you don't know that's where you're headed when you start reading this book, it is not going to be your cup of tea. <laughs> Another quick warning, this book isn't for kids. I mean, the the odd thing is there are maybe only three or four quick lines where it veers very briefly into heavy PG-13 territory, but then it comes right back out again. So if that's a concern for you, it really isn't that big a concern. I just wouldn't have it on during a road trip with my second grader. All right, here are a few of my other favorite quotes from this book. If you put your shoes on the wrong feet and walk around, eventually you will split in half. She was hypnotizing, but not in the way that makes you stop smoking. The brochures all said to go to the Honolulu Museum, and I don't like to disobey brochures. When you howl to make a dog howl, he's not singing along. He's telling you to shut up. And then last but not least, I guess that's where Hawaii got its nickname, Land of a Thousand Nightmares. <laughs> All right, to finish this off, I messaged Dave to ask him about the, the books that have made him laugh the most. Uh, and without mentioning any of mine, he said, quote, Currently, my two favorites are The Stench of Honolulu and The Onion Book of Known Knowledge. But as a six-year-old, nothing made me laugh harder than when Frank and Joe Hardy would use sarcasm in The Hardy Boys. <laughs> I would go read my first grade teacher the most sarcastic passages, laughing hard to myself as she would patiently nod and fake smile. <laughs> Oh, Dave, no wonder that's how you react to all my jokes. Thanks for sticking around with just me today. Again, Dave is back next week uh, or this Thursday on the Patreon. If you're interested in any of the books I talked about by myself today, I've got all the links in this episode's description. And here they are one more time in the order I presented them. The Importance of Being Earnest, The Starlings, Real Ponies Don't Go Oink, or any Patrick F. McManus, Misfit, Dave Barry is from Mars and Venus, Transformers, the novelization of the movie, Bossy Pants, Creativity, a short and cheerful guide, Is This Anything, and The Stench of Honolulu. Aloha!